Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Production Line podcast. I am your host, Garth Wickham, and alongside me, as always, is Grant Wickham and Dylan Anderson. The boys. All right. Um, so it's actually kind of funny. So Andy and I, I'm, I'm going to refer to, yeah, nobody calls him Dylan. He doesn't like to be called Dylan. But, no, that's uh, not my <laughs> It's not your it's name. Legal. Your actual, legal name is actually we're changing it to Andy for podcast reasons. Or Dylan. This, this is a, <laughs> this is actually the this is actually the second second attempt at a podcast for Andy and I. Uh, yeah. We will not be saying the name of said podcast for uh, for us for hopefully nobody finds it because I think it might have had five listens on SoundCloud total. My mom was three of them. <laughs> I think I was the other. I think I was the other two. Yeah, I listened to couple. I listened to one of those like the other day, and I was like, "Holy, it was good times, dude!" We were talking about uh, Gus Nyquist being traded for like the oh no 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 the Mike Green one was like the crazy one. We were talking about Mike Green getting traded for like a first plus, right, right, right. Some hot, some hot takes for sure. Yeah, some bad predictions too. It was rough. Some good ones, though. Some good ones. So as a little ode to the uh, the production line, you know, the great Gordie Howe, Ted Lindsay, and Sid Abel, I thought I'd give us a little Gordie Howe-like trivia question to start off with, if that's all right. Giver. So his fame, you know, Gordie Howe trick, right? Named after mm-hmm. him. How many did he actually have in his career? Nice. Okay. You say that? Two. Can you say that? Yeah, two. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> they, can't, they can't see the two you're holding up on the screen. Well, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess Garth and Grant can still see me too, so it doesn't work. Funny thing is, they're actually in the same year too. Like the same season. The 53-54 season. Weren't they in like within a month of each other too? Uh, no. One was in October. The other one was in uh, March. Big mess. That's it. I mean, you, you got two to three. Two out of three ain't bad though. I, I, th- I thought it was like three, but like I couldn't remember. Like, cause I know like Ken and Mick bring it up anytime that like, uh, Giov- like Giovanni Smith had one last year, and like that's what they talked about immediately right after. Right. And we'll get into him later, but like I, I just think it's really interesting how it's named after him. And he needs something named after him, so I'm completely fine with it, but it's just kind of crazy just, that he only had two of them in his career. Deserves yeah, a little bit more than a Gordie Howe hat trick. He should have a. Well, he, he things. Yeah. does. He, he is named Mr. Hockey for a reason. Just saying, right. a little, even a little bit more than that, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a bridge yeah. named after him. I mean, he does get the credit of you know being Wayne Gretzky's favorite player of all time. That was kind so of that's pretty. That's, pre- that's that's pretty cool. Wayno, Wayno. All right. So I guess we'll get in the meat of this. So I've been wanting to do this for a really long time. Like I, I've always bounced the idea around. Like, me and Andy tried it. I thought about, like, because I used to blog as well. A blog nobody read. It's fine. <laughs> Grant, shut up. <laughs> I read one paragraph and left. <laughs> That's the most you've ever read in your life, though. <laughs> I know. But, like, since I've been done playing again, like, I've wanted to, like, I've had the itch because, like, I do nothing but watch the Red Wings and talk about it. But uh, now, like, well, kind of, like, what set me, like, I've been, like, thinking about it for a couple months. But, like, last week on Twitter, like, the huge thing with the athletic, the athletics, um, excuse me, um, their uh, fan poll for their uh, fans' confidence in their general manager and like management itself, and people were up in arms about the fact that Detroit was 
third on that list. Insane. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, like, uh, what was it? Who was, who was in front of them? Tampa and who? Colorado. Okay, so, I mean, Tampa Bay, Julian Breezeville, I was Steve's right-hand man. Again, like, also, like, this yeah. is just, it's just crazy to think about that, like, they didn't even read, like, the actual title of the survey. It's a fan survey. Right. You can't be, like, mad about that. Like, these are people voting on it. But, like, I had, like, I mean, you both know, I got, I got into it a little bit on Twitter. With Mr. Which, Kevin. Yeah, it's Kevin random something. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin bunch of numbers on Twitter. Which I should I should I should learn by now that I shouldn't like interact with these people, but Love he's just song. like talking about like how Eisenman's tenure hasn't been good, and I'm like, dude, he's been there for two years, and then Man. like I yeah. don't know I don't I don't know what you think what happens in two years. Also, the fact that when he inherited that team, you had contracts such as Ablocator, Nielsen, um, Helm, Glendening. Eric's no yeah that's right Erickson was still there yeah he was expiring but he was still there um Dan DeKaiser is expiring this year but like he cleared out so much cap in such a short amount of time and if you look at our cap friend like nobody signed there's two people signed in three years that's Jacob Verona and Michael Rasmussen it's crazy like he's done such a good job yeah Yeah, he's I mean starting off like Thank God. I'm sorry. Advocator was a good player for fourth line guy, not making four million a year like he was. Um, that was a terrible contract. Well, well, and I I don't know which one I hated more though, that one or the Nielsen one. And I'm glad he took care of that this uh, this off season too. Like, oh yeah, just wasting, wasting money, wasting roster spot. Mm-hmm. Advocator had the the Dotsuk effect where Dotsuk made him look good, and Ken Holland's like, well, we'll just give him the moon well yeah, I think, no, no, that's what i was that's what i was gonna say he played on the line with zetterberg and dotsuk whatever he the alternate games whatever whenever they would shift lines but he also yeah he scored like 20 goals once and then they're like here's here's seven years shout out the hat trick against toronto <laughs> was that lark that was larkin's first game wasn't it yes okay yeah but yeah like he was obviously overpaid for being like kind of guilty for like his surroundings right like he was surrounded by two of the best players on the team and arguably in the league at the time when they're in their prime yes obviously they're both obviously all three of them are out of the league now but right like his production his his job was to go in the corners get the puck when Datsuk and Zetterberg are starting to come over the boards and just feed those two guys and run and go from the net yeah, he did, that way. He, he did that. He did that well, but you I'm not gonna lie. He was like one of my. With. He was one of my favorite players, like in like 2013, 14. I'll say, yeah. Was, I'll have it. Yeah. I have an advocated jersey. Yeah, you can admit it. I can oh, admit it. I mean, he was he was good then. He was good still, and like when when he got bought out, he was good enough to play fourth line at least. But he's just guilty in my he opinion. He was like, not good enough to play fourth no. line in the last. But year. he did you know, tear up uh, the Swiss league. Oh, he yeah. did. He was like a point per game in Swiss League. And it was the Swiss it was a, Well, the Swiss second league. He was the second league in the Swiss, but Swiss two. <laughs> Swiss two, baby. The NL, not the NLA. The NL. That's fine. Oof. He won a Swiss championship. 
But like also like other things like the so they were setting me off and like there was two people. There was, you know, Kevin bunch of numbers and then uh Fresh, aka Graph Boy was talking about how we've had no picks that that Eisman has made that have played in the NHL yet. I just wanna like I don't know. I don't know how fast he thinks prospects should play in the NHL that are that are picked, you know, fourth and sixth. Well, yeah, like I mean, what which one was like cider, right? Okay, so like like you, you look at him. Probably wasn't ready for the NHL last year. Would have played in North America. I think he honestly would have gotten games last year. I don't. I don't. I don't think he would have made the team out of camp, I think, but I think he would have played games. I think he oh yeah, up halfway through the season. Yep, right. Now. Especially He's... after how the season went, right? Like, yeah, correct. Might as well get him some get him some games, get his feet wet. But I mean, you know, young defenseman hops in the league and right away, like they like he, they need to take time to develop these guys. Right. And it's just kind of, it's kind of shitty. It's not like the old days where. Oh, we'll draft this guy, and then he'll play in the Grand Rapids for four years. And then he'll come up because our team right now is good enough to go win a Stanley Cup. We're going to Stanley Cup run, right? Like we're just in a shit spot right now. But yeah. these guys, these guys need some time to develop. And I mean, Cider, I can see if he doesn't stick with the big club this year, he'll be up and down throughout the whole season. I I think he's gonna I stick. I don't see a way he doesn't stick. He yeah, so dominant this past year that I just have almost no doubt in my mind that he will be a top two defenseman, if not our best defenseman this year. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to start off like in the beginning. I think Heronic and Letty are going to be the workhorses, but eventually, Cider is going to creep in and he's going to start eating minutes. Yeah, they. I don't think they'll overhaul him right off the bat. No, I wouldn't honestly be surprised if he's a third pairing guy right away. Not saying he should be, but like no. I think Blashell's, you know, known for like famously like just throwing. But with that much, rookie, talent, he's just he's just throwing rookies on yeah. onto boat anchors, yeah. i.e. i.e. like when Franz Nielsen was playing center and Philip Zadina first came out on the team. It was Zadina, <laughs> yeah. Nielsen, and Helm. That's a dirty line. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least at least Helm can keep up though. <laughs> Yeah, you can't do yeah. shit with it though. <laughs> he can't. He can't. He can't handle a puck, but he can at least keep up with the pace of play. I think the best, in, the, the best analogy I have for Darren Helm's like career is a dog chasing a car. <laughs> he always yeah. was like fast enough to like keep up, but like he never, he would never know what to do if he caught it. I just always that, think that, back yeah. to the good moments of him, like his shift against the Blackhawks in the in the playoffs. What year was that again? Oh my god! Well, they played the Blackhawks. It would have been uh, twenty thirteen. You talking about? I think so. Do you remember that penalty killing shift? I think so. Where he? Just, um, I think of like his he made sharp look silly. I, I think of the one where like he go like it was against. Maybe it was. Maybe I think it was, it was Chicago too. The overtime winning goal. Yeah, like when he first like broke in. Yes. Was it was that oh nine or oh eight? I can't. Remember. I think it was oh nine. Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember either. Uh, probably only I think it was 08, actually. Well, yeah, he was on the team in 08, too, yeah. Well, for the playoffs. He, broke, he, like, broke in during the playoffs, yeah. I remember. Him and Abacator had, like, back-to-back years where they both, like, broke in the playoffs. Right. Do you remember watching that Stanley Cup at uh, – where was that? Garth? Oh, my God. It was uh, – <laughs> that, that, that weird campground, Indian Lake. 
It was on Indian Lake, but like I don't remember I what don't the, know campground the campground was called. Name was yeah, it was like that open campground. We were going like it was like a party out there. Yeah, we're nuts, man. Yeah, like I they had like the fake sailing cup going around. We were also like yeah. I was like in 08, I was nine. You would have been seven. Seven. Yeah, so like we're both pretty young, but like also like it's kind of crazy to think about that. Like, that is crazy to think about. That like it's that been so funny. It's been a while. I remember I remember watching O nine in our living room and being absolutely crushed. Me too. <laughs> I had like my head on the floor. I remember like that's like one of my like I don't know why like I'm really like I wish like I sound like so young when I say this because like I know a lot of people like I mean a lot of people our age will be listening to this but like some people will catch it that are older than us but like. I feel bad that I never got to appreciate Steve Eisman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. a lot of Steve Eisman. See, I, I, I kind of do, but I was in hockey young. Like, I have a brother that's five years older than me. Right. Where, you're, like, like, you're... I was the older brother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, my brother was in hockey, so I was in hockey. And, like, my grandparents – my grandpa was a huge Wings fan. So, uh, every, every time I was over there, Wings game was on every Friday night, you know, everything like that. So, I mean – don't get me wrong, his play on one half a knee, but he was still Steve Eisman. I still like, yeah, kind of remember. I remember glimpses of it, obviously, but like, obviously, not. Yeah, too. I remember like some games, but like, I don't, again, I don't remember like, obviously, like him, like scoring like big goals and stuff. I wish I did. Right. Um, I suppose we get this train back on track, right? <laughs> Maybe talk about the Red Wings. Well, you know, <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, all right. But like anyway, like back to like the the quote unquote poor like poor drafting that Eisman has done. I want you guys to take a guess how many players have played in twenty nineteen. Like any like players that were drafted in twenty nineteen that have played NHL games. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's got to be like uh, Caulfield, Zegers, Hughes. Our three big ones: Spencer Knight. Is there like maybe six? Seven. 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 I did it quick also, so I could be wrong. But, like, it's just insane that, like, they're, like, Sider was this – I mean, he was a reach at the time, but, like, also, like, looking at it now. If you want to go strictly on NHL games played, he's eighth because he hasn't played a game. Right, yeah. So, I'm, like – He's eighth with 300 other people. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> he, he just won SHL Defenseman of the Year, World Championship Defenseman. 2021, he was – did he end up winning the Europe Award grant for, like, the best player, like, in the leagues? Uh, I don't know. I didn't even see You remember, you remember, the, you remember yes. that top three, though? It was him, Berggren, and uh, – um, I think it was a top four. Was it a top four? Was there a Russian was, in there or no? No, it was Berggren, Lundell. Lundell, Cider, that's who it was. Cider, and uh, it was – what was the other league? Because it was two from the SHL. Was it um, was it Swiss? It was the under twenty three. Yeah, it was Jan Euro Moser, I think. He was drafted this year to. Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah, he was drafted as an overager to Arizona. Yeah, he's an OO. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, but he's like yeah. he put up still younger than numbers in the Swiss league. Yeah, he's giving me Victor Vat- Bratstrom vibes. Yeah, <laughs> he's like yeah. almost like a little under a point per game as a defenseman this year. Yeah, he's not bad. It was kind of a sneaky. It was a sneaky good. good pick by Arizona. Well, a little early, I think, but. Well, he was early, but like, yeah. I also kind of like. I kind of like that. I don't know. People are like really weary about overagers. I'm like, I kind of like. I kind of like the swing. I don't know. Yeah, why not? That's just me. They took. They took two swings though, so I guess you could. Yeah. A little nepotism there. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's just crazy to think about like how people just hate on the like the cider pick still after all he's done. He's also an analytic god. Like his coursey numbers are like around sixty percent. Shout out Graph Boy. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like Cor- like Corsi's like a, Corsi's like a really easy like analytic to look at. Like I know like a lot of people that are listening like may not know what Corsi is, but it's like it's possession numbers, like how much you have the puck when you're on the ice versus the other team. And he's rocking at like a seventy percent in like the third best league outside, like the third best league in the world. Seventy, so he has the puck seventy percent of the time when he's on the ice. Or his team has the puck. Well, his team has the puck, I should say. Right, and he's like 20 years old, too. (laughs) He was 19 most of the year. Right, exactly, yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah, and then Kevin Bunch of Numbers was – he was saying how Raymond only looks like a second-line player. I'm like, if you don't – this is, again, this is going to be the title of the episode. If you don't know anything about the Red Wings – like you don't watch him every day. Don't talk about him. Yeah. Don't. Um, I I don't mean that like people in Michigan can like whatever like if you're a casual fan. I'm not saying that, but like other like pe- media that covers like the the whole league as a whole and gives their opinions like directly. They shouldn't have an opinion. I just think like if you're a Buffalo fan, you should just focus on your own problems. Yeah, I love how he's saying what fan. what a rebuild should look like i'm like yeah. Dude, you've never seen a, you've never seen a good rebuild <laughs> it's unbelievable uh, lucas raymond played in a system that like does not like offense no and um, he also was playing third line minutes and then he had not any fault of his own because the SA, the shl is does not like to play young players because they don't really care about it's not their problem to care about the nhl's development no. they're there to win whatever they do so they care about their own league, which rightfully so. For Alunda is the New York Islanders of the SHL. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. It is. That's why Edmondson will log a lot of ice time this year. Oh, he's gonna do so good there. Yes. I know. Like I know the pick. Like looking back, like I think we're gonna do an episode in the future where we talk about like we will like rate the off season. We'll like go into the draft and like more depth, but. I was obviously I didn't like the pick. We both didn't really like the pick in the beginning. Yeah, Eklund. I yeah, but like looking on it now, why is Zoom giving me an uh, whatever? (laughs) We've been upgraded. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Whatever. I don't think it really matters. I don't think I don't think there's a limit. But um, it's just like what was I saying? No, I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Zoom. Um, Edvinson. Yes. For, like, the fact that he's going to be playing in Forlunda where he's going to be, like, relied on heavily. I know there's an injury right now in their decor. That's why he's playing first pairing, but he's going to be playing top four minutes all year. Uh, it sounds like they want to keep him with Christian Follin. I do love that. I do really like that. It kind of gives me the Eric Jelena, Mort Sider vibe. Yeah, his roles reverse, though, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Except not as extreme, but, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely I get that as well. But Andy, I what did know. you what did you think of the Edvinson pick right away? I, I didn't really know what to think. Like, I mean, I was at work when the draft was going on, you know. But uh, I was like chi- chiming in like halfway, and I was like, I didn't really know what to think because like we could have had Eklund too, and like you and I were talking, we're kind of high on Eklund. Yeah. But uh, the more like the more I sat on it and like thought about it, I liked it more and more. And also, 
kind of alongside like with the cider pick. Yep. I believe I, like, I trust in Stevie. Like he, I trust he's done his homework. Cause like you look what his, his track record yeah. has been. And honestly for a draft where a lot of the prospects didn't get to play, mm-hmm. you know, this year with, with the whole pandemic and everything like that, you can't really, can't have a for sure answer on certain players. Anyway, right. so I was, I was, I was, kind of, I was pretty, I was pretty okay with it. Honestly, like, like I said, Eklund would have been would have been ideal. Like, like we were talking about that at the beginning, mm-hmm. but still, faithful to Stevie Y, and I trust him. So, at least like in the fact we can have more comfort saying like national media was like ranking Edvinson like actually close to like our pick, right? Versus where Mortsider was ranked like eighteen, right? So like at the time we're we're all like, holy shit! Like we just picked Mortsider. But now we're like, holy shit, we have more insider. Yeah. Well, even when they picked him, I was like, I never, I never heard of, like, never heard of him. Like, I wasn't, I was like, what the hell is this guy? But instantly, like, seeing him, I was like, well, he's big, young, big defenseman, and he has like a little, like, plays defensive, but he also has that offensive flair, the skill. I'm like, well, he's kind of what the wings need at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we still need, I guess, now. But like, you know, what I mean, like. I was really happy. I was really happy about the cider pick, honestly, like right away. Once I did a little bit of research, I was like, I'm, I love the looks of that. I love that 2019 class. Yeah. I was a big fan going in. I was, I like did a lot of like research. I was like one of the first ones I did a lot of research on and he was not on my list. Like I, I'm like, I didn't really know who he was. And right. Yeah. This goofy German kid just, you know, now all of our fair players, he's going to be yes. a fair player. Like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be awesome. He hasn't played anyway, a game, like, so he's already is my fair player. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, Raymond, like, like back to, like, still calling him, like, a second-line forward potential, it's just insane to me. Like, he, if you've seen what he's done with kids against his own age group, he also kind of has the Phillips Adina thing right now where, like, he's very good in his own zone. Yeah, but like the production just hasn't been there in the SHL. Now, I, I guess you, it is kind of a somewhat of a worry, but like if you've seen what he's done in the World Juniors and the World cha- like World Championships, U18, U20s, the dude puts up points, and also puts up points in big situations. I, well, I'm very, very curious to see what happens with him this year. As if he plays in Grand Rapids, he's gonna have a bigger opportunity to play more offensively and step out of the whole New York Islanders play style in Prolanda and he'll be playing with guys like Bergren or Valeno more than likely. Right. Right. More offensive guys where a, they're more his age so he can get along with them maybe a little bit better off the ice, but it also brings the chemistry onto the ice, but they play more of his style, which is offensive, right? Like, yeah. Like you said, you saw him with the world juniors, he was out there tearing it up. Yeah, for sure. And kind of like wrap up this point of like the the athletic fan poll. I love how like this like just brought like so much conversation to like the Red Wings, yeah. which is so weird. Like you'd think like such a little thing wouldn't, but like a lot of it also has to do with like us just having faith. Like when we started the rebuild with Holland, it was pretty gloom. He made a questionable pick in 2017, and we were like, "What? Where are we going with this rebuild?" And now. The 20 team is a good draft. I'll give Ken Holland's group that. 2018 is a very good draft. Um, but then moving forward, like, you still had, like, Trevor Daly on the team, which was odd. 
he was still signing like those kind of iffy veteran players. Like, like if we were kind of like had our core and we were just building pieces around it. Kind of like Steve, what Pittsburgh did with Dales. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, Steve had already had this huge resume with Tampa Bay as a general manager, building that team from the top, not to mention, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions that mostly was his influence. Especially year one. Especially year one. And it's like us as fans obviously see that and, you know, we're, we're hopeful that he can repeat the same thing. And it looks like he is with the flexibility we have moving forward and the huge pool of player, like prospects we have. Right. So we're just hoping, like, that's all we really have right now is hope. Right. Well, and, like, even Steve said, he goes, like, when uh, when we got sixth again, he goes, they're, like, asking him, oh, how disappointed are you or whatever. He goes, doesn't matter. He said, like, you could be one, which, yeah, you have the best odds to get the player you really, really want. He goes, but it doesn't mean that player is going to pan out, right? Like, right. you look at, you, you look at that, too. Look, what, he was a late draft pick. You look at, a bunch of guys that, you know, are late draft picks and they have gone to have 15, 20 year careers. And you look at other high draft picks that play maybe two, three, four seasons and smell yeah, right? Like they're, they're hypes over with Yakupov being one of them. <laughs> yeah. The uh, <laughs> most recent, yeah. Most recent. I think uh, he, memory. I think he had like the best, like, you know, like how every first overall pick has the name for like the year, like we're drafting for. Yeah. You know, like it was, uh, yeah, it was for him. I, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on everyone else, but he was fail for nail. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like another one that was good. Um, uh, there was something with Nico. I can't remember in 2017. I can't remember what his was. Fallen for Dolan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Even though it's Dolan, but like at the time, we, you know, our, you know, North American pronunciations, which call them Dolan. Right. Um, Darling. Lose for Hughes. Yeah. That was a really good one, too. But I kind of like fail for nail. I think that's my personal favorite. Is there one for Shane Wright this year? We could do fight for right. No, flight. Flight. We got to do flight for right. Flight for right or that. I was going to say. Because if we we, Buffalo and Arizona. That's true. Yeah. I want to do one for like Ivan Miroshchenko. Just like something ridiculous, <laughs> just because he's such a stupid long last name. This draft every, is gonna be every upcoming. It's already bad when I know like the top fifteen projected of this draft already. That's just where my head's at right now. Just looking forward to next June. <laughs> <laughs> well, already, you can't blame you can't blame me, can you? No, not really. <sighs> No, it's awesome. I mean, at least, at least get through October and see how the teams look so and see how some of the prospects the are. I, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited for the season. Again, I want like, I want like, I think we're gonna do like a prospects episode and off season review next. Maybe we'll just do like projections and whatnot, like thrown in there. But so we right. won't dive in too much to that. But I'm excited as well. I'm just yeah, hyperbole and all. But right. uh. I guess we can move on to like the the next a little bit. It's kind of a small piece of news that like I honestly I, I kind of threw in after like the notes I was looking in a little bit, but like uh, Keith Petrozelli signs a two year entry level deal with the Toronto Marlies. I just wanted the, I just wanted your guys' opinion on it. All right, I'll go first. I I just think at the time of him saying that or basically hitting the market 
that he wanted to do, it sounded like he wanted to hit the market and didn't want to sign with Detroit. That had to be probably one of the dumbest decisions for him. We had an wide open with no goalie prospects. Like, know, if right? he wants to break through into the NHL from anywhere, Detroit was literally his best bet. But Toronto is not the worst option for him either. No, I completely agree. Like, with the fact that, like, they have a bunch of iffy prospects kind of in the mix, like Joseph Wool and uh, Ian Scott that's been, like, injured for a long time. So it's, it is a good pick, but I love how Boston just said, you know, kick rocks. Yeah, I like that too. That's really funny. Because, like, that was a weird pick that, I like, when he was rumored he was going to be going to the – well, he went to the rookie camp. But, like, it's weird to think about that, like, he was so gung-ho about that. When they had, like, young goalies coming up, like, they have, like, a good goalie, like, system right out in Boston. What is it, Sway- Swayman and Vladar? Well, Vlad- Vladar got traded. But they had, like, Cal Booth back, like, down there, who's, like, a really good minor league goalie. Oh, yeah, He's, like, 25, too. But you're going to have Swayman. Tuka's going to come back at some point, so Swayman's going to go back to the minors. Like, he would have never seen ice time. Yeah, true. Andy, what do you think? Like, what do you think? I, of I, I had no clue who the guy was when you asked me about that. <laughs> you, don't remember, you don't remember drafting him? No, I don't. You don't, you don't remember the Red Wings goalie of the future? Like, like, like it's coming back, but like when you when you told me about that like earlier today, I was like, who, who the hell is this guy? Like, honestly, old news in my opinion. Good for it's him. Like the, it's the the Conor McGregor gif. Who the who the fuck is that? Yeah, literally, that's what went through my mind. I literally was like, what the fuck are you talking about here? But uh, <laughs> but no, good for him. He landed a spot in Toronto. Good uh, by all means. You do. We like I'm, we just we dubbed him the goalie of the future simply because we didn't have any other goalies in our system. Yeah, like that's that's all I remember now. Like it's just coming back to me. Like I said, as we're talking about it, and I don't know, just good for him, I guess. And good. then before the before the draft, like be, yeah, like before like the week before the draft, I'm like gearing up. I'm like I'm like you know what? Maybe Victor Bradstrom will be okay. And also like <laughs> and then I'm like I'm like you know you know who sounds fun. Carter Gielander. I'm I'm <laughs> high on the Carter Gielander. Let's go. Start of the future, seventh round pick, you know? Nice. And then and then Steve, well, you know, goes <laughs> Steve goes apeshit and decides he's gonna get all the best goalies with Alex Ndalkovic and uh drafting Sebastian Kosa. Yeah. Which we love that. I love that too, yeah. Yeah. At the at the time, like I actually at the time I liked the Kosa pick more than I liked the Edvinson pick. But Agreed. Yeah, I was I remember, nervous on both. I remember you texting me infuriated, and I just thought it was funny. I, I was like, "Well, we're going all in." I like it. Yeah, like I like I was texting. I know a kid that'll be listening to this is Carson. I was texting Carson, noted miserable Buffalo Sabres fan, <laughs> and uh, he's he's like he's like, "What is going on right now?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm 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 just giving up right now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride the wave from Stevie. We trust." <laughs> when we drafted but, Kosa, when we drafted, like I texted him right after that pick, because because Buffalo picked right bef- like right before us. So I was complimenting him because I'm a big, I like Isaac Rosen. Good player. Mm-hmm. He's a good mm-hmm. player. He's a fun player. Um, but yeah, so we were like talking about that, and then all of a sudden, Detroit's all of a sudden picking at 14, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, well, when he, like I said, I stepped away from the draft because I was working that night as well. Right. And uh, I just kind of checked in on my phone. I was like. Oh, we traded picks. Okay, we got another. Okay, we're off here. And then I see Costa. I'm like, all right. And like, 
living in, on the Ontario side, you get, we get more, obviously, CHL news. So I kind of right. have heard of him. And, like, TSN covers Team Canada. He's been invited to their World Junior Camps. They're under 18s the last few years, right? Right. And he was, he was kind of a standout. And, well, a lot of it was, like, his size for how young he was when he was first drafted to the dub at 15 years old or 14 years old, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay. And so – when they, when I heard they when I saw that they traded for him and they picked him, I was like, "All right, out of boy, Steve. Like you, you're going after a goal. You're going after like you, like Grant said, going all in. <laughs> we are going all in. It's nice. To like think like I like I feel like with the pool right now. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna save that for the next episode. I need to stop talking about the prospects. They're just so <laughs> exciting. But like, yeah. I need I we need to fo- like I I want to like get to the next the next segment, which is a uh, little RFA projections because we still do have two of them. We're still waiting on two contracts right now with Philip Peronic and Giovanni Smith, a.k.a. Mr. Gordiao Hattrick himself. Right. But I just wanted to like get – I have, like, my guesses in my head for Heronic uh, and – Heronic's going to be the one that I was going to have more conversation on, but I think we'll start with Giovanni Smith because I think it's just an easy one. Like, what are you guys thinking, like, prediction-wise? Like, what is contra- – like, what his number is going to look like? Um – I actually am thinking it's probably going to be like two years, I would assume. Okay. One, one to two years for about 850 to 900. That's, that's exactly where I pegged him. Nate, like, I don't see him signing a three-year deal. Do I? At all. No. But, like, I 900 max, I'd say. And I also, uh, I also I'm sorry, I talked over you. No, no, it's okay. It's just, just, yeah, like two years at 900 for 1.8 total, I'd assume is like the max you'd get. Yeah, no, I, I put 900. I put 900 by one or two years. Right. He's a guy. This that, the... Oh, he's, he's a guy that hasn't been in the line. Like he's been in, out, in and out of the lineup, up and down and stuff. And he has shown some promise and certain things to be like kind of a role player, your, your meat and potatoes type of guy. But he's not a guy you spend even a million dollars on at this point, in my opinion. No, I agree. Yeah. You have an interesting, like little competition for a roster spot next year. It's considering mm-hmm. he's not waiver eligible anymore. It's going to be interesting to see like where he's going to fit in. Right. So obviously he's good on the team, but like, I don't know how much he's going to play and all of that. Is he going to uh, be our version of Justin Hall and just sit 72 games? <laughs> Our version of who? I'm sorry. Justin Justin Hall in, in uh, Toronto when he sat 72 games when Babcock was there. That's insane. Uh, That's making insane. that cash, though. NHL cash. That's all that really matters. What you want to get, like, uh, what you want to get, though, is you want to get, like, that, that one-way deal and then, just get, and then get, to sent, get sent to the minors because then you don't have to pay escrow. Yeah. So then you get full money, just only tax getting taken out just have to ride the bus that's right unless you're it's in toronto and playing for the marlies like hall went, oh hall was up with the leafs the whole time actually but right but still yeah the marlies yeah, are mind. literally a second uh, nhl franchise just in yeah, the I nhl mind. i could get behind some soggy sandwich some soggy sub rolls i could get, i can't i think i could eat those ride the bus yeah it's better Basically, than your, uh, it's better than his payment they got in the ohl that's for sure basically i'm just trying to be like a matt molson <laughs> what was he? What was he making for the last few years? In, uh, on his he was making yeah. five mil oh pl- playing in. He was in the LA organ. He was with LA, and then he got loaned out to Hershey. Right, and then he signed so, with Hershey again this off season, or 
Was this yeah, he's cap. He's captain. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. I wonder what he signed at Hershey for. I wonder what his uh his value. It's probably it's probably a two way now, but like he probably makes like four hundred k like AHL. I'm yeah, guessing. I, I don't know. I don't have his cap. I don't have cap friendly up right now, but like I'm assuming that's what it is. I looked it up on cap friendly when he like when you text him he signed that deal and there was nothing like there was undisclosed amount basically is is just saying that he uh, is just saying he signed with Hershey. So. Oh okay. Interesting. Yeah. At that point in time, I think it was. I don't even know if it was a two-way contract. But it was. I think it was a strictly AHL. Oh, is this an AHL deal? Yeah, interesting. Because they would have uh, the AAV on there on cap friendly if it was a two-way. Interesting. Okay. In my, that's what I, that's from my understanding, anyways. But that could have been updated too since I looked because that was a couple months ago. It feels like I don't know. Yeah, that was a while ago. Um. But yeah, well, I guess we'll move into the more interesting player in Philip Peronic, our easily our number one defenseman last last year. Absolutely. What do you guys think in number wise and length? Because I have a, I have a couple of things, but I want you guys to go first, and I'll kind of give my opinion. I'll let Andy take the clock here. Uh well, obviously he has our best D. He's young, so I think he's like a four four year deal. Four by I'd four, say. you're saying. Uh, well, maybe, yeah, four by four. I was, like, thinking anywhere from three and a half to four and a half a year, depending on how many, how many years we take of, uh, like, we, we sign them up for, right? Like, if we, yeah. if, we give him, if we give him another bridge deal, it'd have to be, what, how old is he, 23? He's 23 right now. Is, did he just turn 23? Is he turning 24 this season? He might turn 24 during the season. I don't know. He's a 20, he was drafted 2016. Or, wait, no. I think he just turned 23. Okay, so. He's 2016 draft. Yeah, so RFAs it hits twenty six. Like yeah, twenty six. So so he's got three years left. Yeah, so three years. If it's a three year, probably be like I don't know, three and a half to four. If it's a four year or five year deal, probably be a little bit more because you're taking up UFA years, right? So right. But I don't see him getting anything like, like I don't know, like couple million a million and a half short of Verona and stuff and Verona and uh, Larkin like right I don't I don't see him hitting five to be honest with you but maybe four seven five okay with with the with the UFA years being taken up yep I'm in my opinion I'm right around the same as Andy there I think it could be a five-year deal to be honest but like you said that's two years of UFA so they'd have to pay him a little bit more Right. But I think with the contract taking this long, I don't think it's going to be a bridge deal. It should be four to five years. That's yeah. That's that's very very valid point. I kind of have two thoughts on this. I have two ways we could go. Um, I'll go with like your idea first of Andy of like a two year deal for like four million. Right. I think four that makes a lot of two, four per two uh, two each. Ah, uh, sorry, four per. I should have okay. said eight million value, but. Yeah, yeah. Warper. I think that makes a lot of sense and it sticks with like what Steve's doing with the the ultimate flexibility and not being loyal really to anyone right now. Like the Bertuzzi he, contract kind of. The Bertuzzi contract, yeah. But also he's really gone out of his way in the press conferences to like really reference that Heronic's part of the core. Which I think yeah. is really which I think is really interesting for the fact that I mean, like Sorry, sorry go ahead. Uh um I know, like, he's mentioned Veron in the same sentence but like, as, like, being in part of the core, but he also only played 11 games. 
So that's a hard, that's a hard amount to give a bunch of term to. Um, but when I think about Hironic, it's like he's 23, right-handed defenseman, can do well in the power play if used right. He was used really poorly last year. He, he kind of had a down year. But this would be kind of like the time he'd be primed for like a bounce back. And I could see him, the first name that popped in my mind, and I know it didn't turn out good last year, but like he had a really good first year, John Moreno. Yeah. I don't know why that name popped in my head, but he signed for like 4.25, something like that for seven years. I'm not saying it's exactly like that, but I could see like a $5 million deal for like some term, like six years or so with Hironic. Simply because yeah. Wasn't he's never John Marino on that was his fir- after his first year in the NHL too, right? He yes. A college free agent. Yes. Or, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of crazy, a little bit odd, but yeah, he I did a really good first year. He did. Yeah, he was um, solid. I can see something like that because I think Hironic's a lot more proven than he is. So. I just go back to the fact that like he's been so adamant, like naming him in his core, and honestly, like we haven't had anyone come up with Eisman. That has had actually no, we had uh, that's a lie. Mantha Mantha's contract negotiation last year was like the first one that like was a player within our core. It was a four-year deal. Granted, he was older and stuff, and it took it was going to take him until he was thirty. But I think this is like a one like he's named Larkin and stuff, but we haven't had a negotiated new contract with Larkin under Iserman. So I think this one could be interesting, where the fact it could be a five or six-year deal. Yeah. I think it's risky, and it kind of like. Go like it'd be he'd be the long like the player signed the longest on the team, but it I see Eisenman risky. But look at his age. Like we said, he's twenty three. It's gonna bring him to twenty eight or twenty nine, which isn't the worst thing ever. Oh like, no, that's good. That's a great deal. You're you're yeah. signing him to all of all of the good years, no bad years. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the obviously it won't be as much as the Zach Wierenski deal, but like I know people like that's way too much money. But like also you didn't sign him anything past thirty. Yeah, right, and also. Like like you like you said, he had a down year Heronic last year. But I mean, he led the team in points. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Which is which is which is a tough spot, right? But like and how many goals did he score? Like one or two? Uh both of them empty net. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's right. And his first one was like what, ten games left in the season or something like that. It was like so yeah, many it was so far so deep into the season. But uh two hundred foot goal though. You know, but uh, not a big deal for um, for like Hironic. Yeah, he had an off year, but really he was. We didn't have any offensive defensemen. Like no, I mean, what he had? Who, who do we have? Stall, Stetcher, both defense. Like Stalls on the latter part of his career, obviously. So like he signed one years, um, and then really hadn't played full NHL season the last three, four years in New York. So honestly, like Heronic was was our number one defenseman by far last year. And when once we get guys like Cider in, things like that, where A, we're playing better defensively as a team. So like he doesn't have to have that whole the whole weight of it's me or like or just the goalie. Like, you know, right. we're only we're like he's like the whole weight of the world on the back end of the shoulders. Uh, once we get those some younger prospects where we can start playing more defensively, tighter defensively, especially with defensemen themselves, I think he'll his production will go up. You know, maybe not not skyrocket, but to a five 
five, five and a half, or like a four and a half, five million dollar player a year, and it'd be a fair, if not, could be a good deal in those latter part of the career, like when our core uh, comes together and hopefully stays together. It's also a unique, like, opportunity to like set a, a benchmark for cider. Like right. when you when you go into the negotiations for cider, you can say, well, we have Heronic, and this is how much he's making. And you can compare the ice times and stuff, and you get Sider's number down if you sign Heronic to a good long-term deal, and he progresses as he should. Right. Hope, hope like I mean, not hoping, but bearing Sider doesn't come out and put up sixty, seventy points with <laughs> you know, like his second or his third, fourth year in, right? Like, I mean, he right. is an offensive defenseman, like, and he's eventually going to be the PP one guy. I see him maybe at the latter part of the career once we're out of the playoffs. I see him maybe starting to take over power play one Sider. You're a little more optimistic than I am. Yeah, I don't. Sider's offense on as offense. I appreciate it. I hope so. But well, I see him more just, as just I see. Him, just from watching him, like World Juniors and stuff of like that, international play, and then over overseas, like you look what he did when he was playing the Swedish league. It was, or, it was to me, it wasn't like if he was doing that at 20 in a pro league, and then what he did like World Juniors and stuff of like that with kids his own age. If he if his progression you know, goes as planned. I, I could see him maybe not this year, but like oh, by the end of the year down the line. I yeah, like definitely. to compare him to a more offensive Adam Pellick. Yes. I'm with you on that. And I think he will put up bigger numbers than Adam Pellick, but he can, uh, yeah, I think he's like a, I think, I think ultimately the Red Wings are going to find like a little like niche of like whatever their, whoever their fourth or fifth defenseman is, is going to run like PP one. He's going to be more like an offensive branded defenseman. Like maybe Albert Johansson is one. I would love that. Or if Simone, like Simon Edmondson, like ends up taking the steps for in his offensive game, I could see one of those two running the top unit. But like I think Sider's ultimately the second unit guy. And people don't talk about this enough. Like I'm gonna go back to Hronik because this is who we're talking about. He is like he is wasted on the point in the power play. I know it's kind of a hot take to say that he shouldn't be running on the top of the unit, but he shouldn't. He should be playing half wall. Um, he, should yeah. be, he should be the one-time option on one of the power plays. A prime example is what was that game where he hit two posts? Anaheim. 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 Yep. It was and 2019. Like, <laughs> that scored the third shot he took. That is a prime I, example of why he should be playing half wall. Didn't it go off the bar too, that one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Three off <laughs> yeah. the bar. Yeah. One well, of the one in our projection, like our project, like project, like lineup projections episode, which will probably be the next one, I want to like I'll do like power play lines and stuff. But like I have like I have like my lines and like Hronik's not playing point on him. I'll tell you that I might project. Obviously, this is I don't think what's going to happen. I think ultimately Hronik probably be quarterbacking one of the power play units. But in my opinion, he shouldn't be. I just think he, uh, if Tangay has watched enough of like our power play, I think he's crazy to not see that Heronic is way better suited on the half wall. I agree. I agree completely. I hope so. I hope he recognizes that. This year, though, who's going to – I guess we have – well. We have Letty. Letty. Yeah, Letty, but – And if you want to get crazy, throw Cider on the second unit. Let him roll. That's what I, that's what I World so championships that's, and at Rogla. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I have Cider this year, but I'm just saying, like, near the end of the year, like, see how he does on the – like, for Cider on the yeah. power play yeah. one. Because, I mean, you never know, like – I'm not saying it's impossible for him to not play power play one this year, considering the fact that our team isn't good still. 
Right. That's that's where I was coming from. Because like okay, other right. than Horonic, we, other than Horonic, we don't have a par. Uh, well, I guess Letty too. No, Nick Letty have... was Nick Letty was brought in to be. He's gonna be the number one guy in the power play. Yeah. yeah Defense. Yeah, defensive I, I, wise. I overlook, yeah, I overlooked that. But like, like uh, other than Horonic to be like the yeah, like three four years down the road, two three years down the road, I don't. I don't really see anyone else there right now that I've been able to lay my eyes on that would be in that position. Right. No, it's, and, it's I'm sorry, go ahead. And like, and like we we're saying, like I see Heronic being a half wall guy on the power play. I don't see him quarterbacking it at the top. Like I don't, I do not see that. It's just, he's, I don't think his, like, I don't think he like not a knock to him, but his vision to be up there. I don't think he's stable enough, but I mean, to be like running the number one power play on the back end, I agree. But, but on the half wall, he like like we said, looted that game in Anaheim. He has a fucking rocket, and he can one teeth the shit out of a puck. Just imagine like the like the opposite power plays of like on like the top one. You have Lucas Raymond dishing to Philip Zadina on the half wall, or Jacob Verana, and then on the second unit you have like Bergeron feeding Horonic half wall to half wall. Yeah, in the future, I, I, I would love to see Horonic playing Gretzky on the power play just sitting behind the net and feeding because that's what he did at you mean like, did you, you said Veronic you meant Bergeron yes Bergeron not Hironic. yeah you, yeah I was gonna say That'd I was gonna say honestly I'm kind of here I'm kind of here for the chaos yes I'm no, kind of here for uh, it Bergeron is a a god behind the net and I would love to see him just throw pucks at like Raymond or something Right I really, I really right don't think enough Red Wing fans are ready for Jonathan Jonathan Bergeron to come in. I don't think so either. It's. I think he's going to be a stud. I, th- I think he'll tear up the A this year. For sure, I think he's going to be a monster for the Griffins. Do you think he's going to get in games at the end yeah. of the year? Maybe? Yeah. For us, like like fifteen, you think? So he's an interesting spot where I don't think his contract can slide. So I think he could come halfway through and then win a spot the rest of the year. Versus where okay. Raymond, oh, okay. where Raymond is going to be the one that, like, if he doesn't like win a spot out right away, I think he's going to get like only a nine-game trial. The slide, yeah, yeah. It's going to be like the same thing. I think Valeno and Bergen are kind of be like our call-up guys. Yeah. Throughout the year, maybe not. I don't know. Depending on training camp goes, obviously, but like I could see like yeah. they'll maybe Chase Pearson for Chase a depth Pearson role. Chase Pearson is going to be what I was going to say. Yeah. Depends on who, who stays healthy too, and how many guys go down, and like, that's stuff you can't predict. But yeah, shitter, shitter might come up. I, I shouldn't be mean. I do like Luke Wachowski, but no, he's a bum. No. <laughs> I, I can't believe we. I like, like, yeah, good, great guy, sure, but I can't believe we re-signed them again. I love like the. I don't know if you do. You guys watch like the Word on Woodward show? No, no. Probably a good call. I'm kind of of a psycho, but like Art Regner will like talk about like how much like we need Luke Witkowski on the Red Wings. And it's just like, I really like, I respect you for giving like this opinion and like being nice to the guy. Like he's a very good dude from all accounts, Luke Witkowski. But in no sense, like either position, because he plays both positions, forward and D. Either position, he is n- not even close to one of the first call-ups. Unless he's strictly sitting press box. Right. In that case, I, I'm all for it. Like, I'm calling up Riley Barber before I'm calling up Luke Witkowski. Riley Barber is an AHL legend. 
he is, dude. He makes a lot of money in the NHL. He makes like 350 grand just to play in the I'd, NHL. I'd take that. In a sick city, by the way. Grand Rapids is sweet. I love Grand Rapids. Yeah. Um, we got to wrap up. I'm, I'm excited to see both of their contracts moving, like Hironic and Giovanni Smith's contracts moving forward. And I'm yeah. excited because obviously not, and bearing some, you know, miracle they're not on the team, like miracle being like a huge trade or something. Cause I, I want them both on the team. I like them both a lot. The only good picks from the, or not Giovanni Smith was kind of a reach at in the 2016 draft, but like they actually ended up being NHL players. Right. Yeah. So you can say, right. you can call them successful picks. Both of them were second rounders. So yeah, even more out. so. Shout out uh, Datsuk. Shout out Dotsuk, that's right. Shout out Jacob Chikrin. Yes. Oh boy. That one hurts. That guy's a stud though. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Dude, I love he's so good. Yeah, he doesn't get talked about enough. Man, when he when he played in uh in Sarnia, like the how like the hounds went on a on a freaking playoff battle with those guys and the hounds were like a seventh seed or something like that. Sarnia was the one I think Erie was, or sorry, Sarnia was two. And I think Erie was one that year. And uh, the Hounds are kind of like going through like a rebuild. And that, that Chikrin guy was like, he's out there, not even kidding. I think he was like 32 minutes a night in the playoffs. <laughs> and I mean, power play one, two, penalty kill one and two. Never got off the ice. Um, I literally think he, uh, there was some like some weird stat line. I mean, obviously, this is juniors, like you're going to play your studs. But I think he had like a twelve-minute shift in the first period. Oh my! Twelve-minute pe- like shift. Shift like like he came off. I think he came off. I think he came off because um, at the ten-minute mark, they uh, well, there's like penalties being called left and right because there's a shit show that happened at the game before, like two games before, something like that. Okay. And uh, he came off for like ten seconds after the um, like the TV timeout at the ten-minute mark, right when they shovel the ice. Mm-hmm. And then another, I think the Hounds took a penalty. So then he was right back on for their power play. And he was like, it was literally, besides those 10 seconds, literally a 12 minute shift. Like, I guess technically it's not a 12 minute shift, but it was like 10 minutes and 40 seconds or something like that. That's insane. And yeah, the guy was insane watching him. And I don't know, like, he got, kind of got fucking sidetracked by uh, injuries in his first couple of years in the NHL. But this year he was pretty sick. Even had injuries in junior, that's why he fell so like far in the 2016 draft. Yeah, something like was it? I think he. Well, he he was projected like top five most of the year, and then he fell all the way to 16. Yeah, he did. He miss World Juniors that year. I don't remember. I can't remember. Something happened. I I don't know. You're the you're the Canadian on the show. Yeah, half read. Um, <laughs> Wanna be. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm actually, I'm I'm the wannabe actually. Yeah, you'd love to be Canadian. I would kill the living. I I could just eat poutine all day. Yeah, it's poutine. It's poutine. It's poutine. Yeah, dude. Okay, it's a French thing. The French just say. I'm gonna get off topic here, but like, uh, they like had like this uh, Montreal like influenced poutine this past weekend, and holy shit. It was so good. I got like chicken tenders cut up into it too at the restaurant I went to. Oh my god, it was so good. Just scrumptious or what? Um, yeah. I would never I, eat poutine. Why? No, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big gravy and fries. No, guy. I hate what? 
Hey, yeah, why I'm would not a big gravy guy. And fries. That is disgusting. Oh, shut up, dude. Yeah, yeah. The only time I eat gravy is if like my uh, uh, my grandmother on the farm fucking makes it, and that shit lights out. But yeah. that's coming right from the animal itself. And well, yeah, I get the, like know, the right seasoning for it, but like I'm gonna clip this, and you you both are gonna get flamed on Twitter. That's okay. That's okay. For, for shitty food taste. It just it just shows us you're the resident Canadian on the on the staff here. That's right. Yeah, I love I got, Canada. I got, this, I got the citizenship. You got the you got the residency though. Yeah, we need to flip that. Yeah, oh, you can have mine. Hell yeah! All right. So speaking of Canadians, nice little smooth transition here to our oh, NHL yeah. talk. So we had some we had some fun news come out Saturday night. Le habitant. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Barry Kakanyami uh, signs a little offer sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes. The number is fun, but like, I guess uh, I'll give a little. We'll give a little background to why this offer sheet happened. On uh, July first, twenty nineteen, Marky B decides he's going to throw a half-ass offer sheet at Sebastian Ajo, and and uh, you know Carolina obviously matches it right away. And now this Carolina's time to strike. And the exact number for Kakiyami's contract is 6.100035. Now if you're wondering why the three if you're wondering why the three five is significant, what's uh what's Aho's number? Twenty. What's uh Kakanyami's number? Fifteen. Oh. Yeah. I actually didn't even look at that. Yeah. Crazy. Well the other the other funny part is they gave him a twenty dollars signing bonus. That, that's the only part I noticed. I never noticed yeah. the thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's a here's a, like a freaking Timbits uh, ten pack of Timbits and a double double on your way on your way out of Montreal. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. Twenty yeah. bucks, like dude, like Don Wendell just literally like opens up his wallet and just slides him a twenty across the table. Twenty sheet. I guess they'd get. I guess he'd get more though because the exchange rate. From the U.S. to Canada, they get paid USD, so I forgot about that. My bad. Maybe, well, maybe yeah. two dollars. Oh my god, I I haven't been to Timmy Howes in a while. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Terrible. A lot of but, a lot of food, a lot of food talk this episode, but uh, but back on back on the offer sheet. Um, <laughs> some news has come out since like I made these notes, but like I want your project. I don't know, maybe you guys didn't see this, but like, should and will Montreal match? No, and they shouldn't. Uh, I think they're yeah, too much cap hell to do that. And they that that's be. the yeah, that's the thing with like, I mean, yeah, they're they're in too much cap hell. I guess they have the relief from Weber, but they also like I don't know, like I don't think they'll I don't think they they really should. And I mean, with things going on, like what was he scratched? Kakiyami was scratched by four and five games, four and five the Stanley Cup Finals. Right, and even and even then, I don't know which analyst it was, but it could have been like I'm just gonna say Elliot Friedman because I mean he seems like the guy that's in on this all everything, right? Right. But like he's he's like I don't really see him possibly like po- there's potential of him not playing a game in the Montreal Canadiens sweater again. Like oh like, yeah, that was free. That was Fridge. That. that was Fridge that said that. Yeah. Okay. So so at least that checked out. But yeah, like 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 he wasn't like. Nothing came out that he was injured or anything like that. He was he wasn't playing. I mean, Montreal wasn't really in the series, anyways. Like they they had their moments, but 
Tampa Bay was just the powerhouse, obviously, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's no, I don't, I don't think there's reason to 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 scratch him and in either game unless unless something came, like didn't come out like where he was injured or he couldn't go or I mean like obviously it wasn't COVID because that would have been on the release and you know press release and everything like that so what's from like what Freeman uh, <clears throat> alluded to is like this those could possibly game th- game three could have been his last game in a Montreal sweater like last time he you know put it on so I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Burger Van there um, again, I can never honestly pronounce his name. So, like, Bergevin. Bergevin. Yeah, see, yeah, you're, you're definitely Canadian. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't see him matching it. To be honest with you, I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he did because he's been all I, over the place. But I just think I that. Well, Fridge, Fridge also said that he thinks that. Bergevin was around the two-year, $2.5 million range. That is such a significant gap. <laughs> Granted, it's only a one-year contract, but after that one year, he was also saying that he thinks there could be an agreement in place where they would go down in money a little bit after that. Because... On, long, on, long, on long-term, yeah. On long-term. Yeah. yeah. That was so similar... I actually do think Carolina really wants him, and I know I – I do think that, but it's kind of crazy. Dude, Dude that's so that's much a, fun. Oh, and like their statements as to like why, like it almost like mocking it word for word as like that the was hilarious. The whole thing. It's like uh, Garth was Garth and I were sending back news feeds on uh, Instagram. They're back and forth just of the mockery kind of that Carolina was. Yeah, the uh, the the Uno reverse card was pers- my personal Dude, favorite. Carolina's yeah. goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. When I saw that tweet, going back to the Twitter thing, I was feeding through your uh, little feud there with those two chatter buckets, but uh, Kevin, Kevin Bunch of numbers <laughs> and Graph Boy there. But uh, I didn't go. I didn't go. I didn't go at it with Graph Boy, but like everyone out, it's funny. Like oh, I, yeah. I defend. Though, yeah. yeah, yeah, I defended. Uh, I was, you know, the one defending the Red Wings like a couple days before, and then all of a sudden it got hot on Red Wings Twitter to go after um, Graph Boy, and it's just it's just funny like how <laughs> I think it's really funny like I like no one was there to help me, not not that like many people on Red Wings Twitter follow me right I now. Almost, I almost chimed in. Yeah, I was, thank you. I was, close, I, I, I was gonna chime really- in. Yeah, I was gonna chime in, but uh, you already said the exact points I was gonna say anyway. So I just I wanted to say life. more. I wanted to say more, but like obviously I'm held to characters, and like I don't want to like I was going back and forth really quick because he was really quick on the responses too. I was not expecting that. Um, yeah, he, but he's but I man, it was like literally like one one of the tweets was like 45 seconds after yours too. It was ridiculous, dude. I'm like typing and then like he's responding, and so I have to reply to the other one. But no, he was respectful yeah. though. Like I really don't have a problem with it. Like I I like the good discussion. And who knows, maybe yeah. I educated him on, like, something he hasn't really thought of before. You know what I mean? Like, because obviously, like, I mean, I'm not going to give my opinions on, like, uh, the, the outgoing, you know, the goings of, like, the, uh, I don't know, Columbus Blue Jackets. Right. Because I don't know enough. Right. Yeah. So we'll it's kind of. We'll give the shit about them, too, anyways. <laughs> I feel like if you're in your own little bubble of your one NHL team and you pay heavily attention to them, you can't just go to another team and say, this is where the problem is. This is a yep. problem. You have, right. no, you have no idea. Well, that's, that's like, I guess like 
for like people listen to us like yeah we're a Red Wings based podcast but we also pay attention to the league news like we're not just Red Wings fans yes they're our favorite team but we're hockey fans we're NHL fans right so like yeah but I'm not gonna like I'll give like my opinion but like I, I'm not gonna claim that I'm right on everything right like regarding like another team yeah. like obviously I'm gonna go like I kind of want to like touch on like both of like Montreal and Carolina's off seasons were kind of crazy this summer like like I'm gonna go into like the Cockney from like my perspective I know, like, inf- like something came out. Uh, Eric Engels from Sportsnet said that uh, it sounds like they're not going to match it. So that's why. I, so I initially had a different answer, though. I thought that Montreal would an- would match, simply for yeah. the fact he's their third overall pick from 2018. You don't want that egg thrown on your face that like you can steal any of your best players, like your best right. young players. But like, I agree, it's a major overpayment, and like with the qualifying offer like so when he, when he expires after the one year when you qualify him he could it's going to be 6 6 million dollars which is still going to be probably way too much for him what if carolina just like if they rematch it like freed said this too and i know i'm i'm like all over freed right now like hugging and kissing him but basically what if they just up, go baby. back and offer sheet suzuki next year yeah, that's crazy. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of crazy. They'll have so. the cap space for it too in, in yeah. Carolina. Yeah, I think probably hence probably hence why the number is six one yeah. or six one or whatever it was for Cockneyemi. Uh, this is I think this is a huge win win for Carolina either way. I think so too. Yeah, like there's really nothing like you're getting a good young player that really really got the chance in Montreal, and I think honestly he'll fit better in the system with Carolina. Just well, what I was going to say. The, the Finnish mafia they got going on over there. Yeah, Tavo, Aho, him. Yeah, it's going to be fun for them. They strike um, a lot of Finnish players, too. Yeah. Is it Hamasamli? Koivinen. Koivinen as well, yeah. Um, yeah, to me, like, I per- like, I would just think for that sense, like, he might not want, like, might want to match. But, like, also, like, the first and the third, what, uh, what Engels and Friedman both said is looks like they're going to be going right after Christian Dvorak. Yeah. which They're going right to Arizona and be like, hey, look what I have. Let's talk. Oh, like Carolina and, flip them? No, 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 no. No, uh, Montreal's going to flip the picks from the compensation oh, to gotcha. Arizona for Dvorak so you can fill that second line C. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. He's also I mean, cost, he's cost certain at four point – he makes like 4.4, 4, I think, right now. Yeah, something like that. Which like, little, little bit, a little bit beefier too. Like he, well, him and him and Anderson played in London together. Josh Anderson. That's right. And, there, right? Yeah, they, and they're both kind of similar players. Like both big, can skate, do a little thing. Dvorak. Uh, yeah, that actually that would be a not a bad idea. Actually, I mean, I didn't hear that. Didn't read that anywhere. That's kind of smart. I just like. <laughs> Both of their off seasons have just been so interesting to me for more like different ways than the other. Like you like go into Carolina with the trading of Nadalkovich after not wanting to pay him $3 million basically, which yeah. is insane. And then you go out and sign Freddie Anderson for more money. Who's a bigger risk in my opinion. Auntie Ronta who can, cannot stay healthy. I like him. He's good, but like, neither can Anderson stay, either. Right? Neither can neither Anderson, can but like, but it's just interesting how they choose that. The D'Angelo signing, I'm poli- poli- no, no, politics aside though, like whatever, like yeah, 
he's an ass. He's literally an ass publicly to his teammates. Like that's any level he's been at. There's been an issue with teammates. Right. Right. So it's just a lot of it's. It's a lot of heat to bring on you for, for I guess minimal reward considering you lost Dougie Hamilton too. I think their take on that is that's a big. We get a we get a first power play player for really cheap. I know you're strictly looking at the like the money, which I I guess like. Most teams probably do look at, but like the public from us, it's like that's a big risk, like locker room wise. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. keep his head clean in the locker room, I think he's a hell of an offensive defenseman. Yeah, oh, he's an, he's an ex- if he if he can go in there in Carolina, not step on any toes, stay off the the political standpoint, because honestly, I mean, when he was stating his politic, like his views on politics, it's okay, okay, whatever, like what the fuck are you doing here, but guy, but like whatever, just go out there and play hockey. And right. then, then it comes out where he's a dick to teammates and stuff like that. It's like, well, obviously huge cancer in the room. The only odd and, thing to me was, was it Smitty? Because Smitty just signed with Carolina too. Didn't he say that D'Angelo was a great teammate? Or there was one Rangers player that came out and said he was a great teammate. It was Mark teammate. Stahl. It was Mark Stahl. It was Mark Stahl. And, yeah, but he was also really, there he before. He wasn't there for that, the whole no. incident last year. No, it was, it was Mark Stahl because they were partners. Okay. And, and also D'Angelo was still trying to break in the league at that point when him and Stahl were playing together. Right. So, like, like, like I, I don't think D'Angelo had a voice, like, was speaking his opinion and being yeah. a dick. But issues at all levels, so. I'm... Yeah, like, the, even, like, when he played in Sarnia, um, and the Hounds traded for him the year after the, the whole uh, Chikrin deal. Yeah, um, right. The whole, the year after, maybe it was the year before, I can't remember. But, uh when the Hounds traded for Did him. Did he throw out the slur in Sault Ste. Marie? Is that where he was playing no. at the time, or was it with Sarnia? No. It was in Sarnia. Okay. I, I believe. I, I Don't quote me on that, but I, I was, I was going to bring that up. But, yeah, yeah. like, um, I know a, guy, like, a couple guys, uh, one guy in particular from the Sioux here, played on the Hounds that year. And, he like, he said that they were such a, a powerhouse team that year. Like, they had – Nurse, uh, Justin Bailey, who was sick in the OHL, Tolchinsky, who was unbelievable in the OHL. They were going on a cup run, the memorial cup run that year. Right. And he's pretty, uh, they got, um, Nick Ritchie too, like just a bunch. Yeah. They just loaded up at the, uh, the deadline right after World Juniors. But, uh, he, they said he was pretty quiet. Like he wasn't like a cancer in the room, but like you could definitely tell he came in and he demanded power play one unit time, which was kind of, it, like it worked out because they're so skilled and they could both play like they they had three four power three or four different power play units like matchups that the hounds did right and stuff so like him and nurse play ran that power play as 2d like usually you see the the four forwards one defenseman for at least power yeah. play one but other than that like he said oh no he was a good teammate good guy like like to have fun off the ice joke around in the locker room and all that but then when it turned into pro and stuff like that I guess more things came out, obviously. Like in, it was multiple sources out of the Rangers system that were saying. Well, Tampa Bay was the initial problem because Stevie actually drafted him. Right, exactly. And then he, uh, and he immediately got shipped to Arizona. Yeah. What was and that was trade? I don't even remember. I think it was like a second, which was everyone was like, oh, there must be a problem with this kid. That's kind of where it started because Stevie traded him for – it was like a 44th overall when he was drafted. For, he was drafted in the first round. And then he was flipped part of the Ronta deal to Arizona, I'm pretty sure, yeah. from the Arizona-New York trade. I think he was – I don't remember what, like, 
the exact stuff was. Uh, Derek Stepan was part of it too, wasn't he? I think. Uh, I can't I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going completely hockey nerd right now, but uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it was. Um, yeah, it's just great. And then, like, you look at Montreal with the Logan Mayu pick, which is just such a it's a that's yeah. that's such a I won't even I'm not I'm not gonna dive too much into that one because it's just like that's kind of like a story that's been beaten down quite a bit. But it's still yeah. like just the negative press that it brings. It's just such a unneeded thing. Losing Deneau and then now losing Kakanyami. Now you're down to you have Nick Suzuki and Jake Evans as your centers. Yeah, that's it. And <laughs> and like Deneau is your number one guy. He's not your your league typical offensive number one centerman. He was your shutdown guy, which right. most guys would have maybe two, definitely three. Not saying Deneau is a third liner or second liner. Like you know, what I mean, like it's just. Where do you like if that was your number one guy you're relying on there, which their number one line did. I mean, they they were there to shut down the other number one lines, right? That's what they were there for. I think it would have changed a little bit this year. I think Suzuki would have taken like more of the minutes, but Def- definitely agreed. Yeah, but it still like it still shows that like I don't know why like the he had price like I don't know what it, how much he was asking because it like the the amount he signed with LA like obviously it's quite a bit of term. And, like, it's probably going to suck at the end. But, like, right now, like, I think it's a pretty solid deal. I agree. I think it's fair. It's a fair deal. I agree. Fair deal both ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he bring, he brought what L.A. needed and still brings to the table what L.A. will need. And he deserves it. Like, he's not – it's not like an advocator deal where he's getting paid for someone else's work, in my opinion, right? Right. Right. Um, kind of like to – finish up because I, I um there's been a lot of news right now with san jose i don't know if you guys saw did you guys see today like hurdle wants out apparently yeah, yeah i made I a little note on that yeah oh my like i don't know what san jose is <laughs> like I, i'm gonna leave it right there like i don't i don't know what they are they kind of are rebuilding but they kind of like Doug Wilson has said they don't want to i think he needs to be canned personally i don't i their roster makeup right now is horrendous and they have two the, pro, two like promising prospects other than that like i don't really think they have i you're talking about you're talking about Bordolo and um Eklund. and then you have Eklund, yeah. some like prospects that are like kind of hit or miss Merkley and um they have another defensive prospect, I think, is okay. Which is another, which another case, Merkley himself, right? Oh, uh, also shout out, uh, shout, uh, shout out, Sasha Chamovesky. Yes, shout out. For sure. Played, played with him at uh, you know the U, you know Michigan U fourteen trial camps. Not a big, not a big deal. Not a big deal. No, but like again, like with Hurdle. It's just so int- like he's so good like analytically on the ice like when we're watching him, he's one he's their number one center and was is probably is their best player. Yeah, and it says a lot that like and it's been the athletic article that I read is from like Kevin Kurz I think is his name, and it goes into like I guess Hurdle is the one that's most vocal about it, the Evander Kane situation and how he wants him out, and yeah. he's not happy with how they've been handling it. That yeah, that's just a shit show there. Yeah, I don't I don't want to pop it like jump into that either too much. It's just yeah. it's been all over the news the last week or so, but yeah. It's some guys some I'll guys say it's solves uh out of trouble. I mean, I'll say it's sad. I'll just yeah. I'll, 
that's a nice way of putting it, but it's it, it's a it's a sugar coating at big time. But I think it's sad. Yeah, um, with Thomas Hurdle, yeah. with Thomas Hurdle, do you think he does get traded this year? Uh, I don't think so. I I don't I don't think so. I mean, if he wants out, like I, I'd hope he would. Maybe go to a, another good te- a good team like like what San Jose was a few years ago. You know, because like I, I I I'm with you. Like I, he's a solid all around player. Yeah, he's very good in his. He's good in his own end. He's good on. Yeah, he's good in the offense. I know he's one. Of, yeah, I was gonna say. I know he's one. Him and like Zuccarello are like your weirdly like your favorite players. Like not on the right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love those two players. Um, yeah. But like, I saw everyone immediately like they're like, oh, cool. Now like Montreal has like their Cockney replacement with Hurdle. But I think the one that like nobody's thinking about right now, like that could be interesting, is New York, the Rangers. I, I just thought of this. I just thought of this on the spot, but like with the Eichel situation and like how they're not going to be able to like how they're like the the trade talks with Eichel are like kind of st- like stalled out. I think I that'd be a really sneaky good and like a lot cheaper pickup for New York. Yeah, for Hurdle, that would be for Hurdle. Yeah, imagine him with like, I mean, like what they have: Zabinajad, Panarin. Yeah, Joel your first Hurdle. line would be like your first line would be like Panarin, Zabinajad, and like uh, Kako. And then you throw like Laugh, Hurdle, and Kreider. Uh, um, right. And then on your third line, they got they shipped out Buchnevich for uh, Sammy Blay, right? That was a bad trade. That was a bad trade. That was a really bad trade. Buchnevich was nasty. <laughs> Buchnevich was so good for them. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Strom. Um, yeah. Vitali Kraft's off. Unless you don't give, unless you give him up during the trade, but whatever. Um. But no, I think like that could be a really sneaky good. That's my guess right now. If he does get traded, I'm gonna guess the Rangers. What a better spot to go to, too. Like, be sick. They're pretty. It's pretty not a terrible spot to uh, to go play in. Not a, not a bad market. I mean, there was those rumors a, a while back that people would say it would be interesting to see him go to Minnesota, and I'd I'd love to see him play with like Zuccarello and Kaprizov. You're talking about Turtle, dude. I know it'd be all your favorite players all in one line. Yeah, is is, uh, is Carrillo going to sign in Minnesota or what? Yeah, no it was funny. There was a thing on Twitter today that was like, uh, he's in the international boarding in Russia. He was like caught in the airport in the international terminal. But then the Minnesota athletic writer quoted saying um, that he was going to. Um, oh, why am I blanking on it? He's going to Siberia. <laughs> he was flying to Siberia to like go home, like he was going to go visit home. That's funny. Mom. Mom and pops. So, so it, everyone got excited on Twitter for like a little bit, and then just got it all taken away for the Minnesota fans. But yeah. I, it's still well, such I, a. Cr- I wouldn't even know if you'd be able to like for the Minnesota fans. I don't know if you'd be able to fly into the states right now without a visa to, or a contract. Well, he's gonna be missing time at this point for the time, like because he hasn't applied right. for a visa yet. Right. And training camp starts in a month here, so I think he's already. I think the deadline's already passed for him to get a visa to like not miss any time. Right. So, but I know CSK Moscow, the team he was rumored to be back the KHL, already said he's not going to be on the team. So he's kind of in this weird spot where he's not a, doesn't have anywhere to play. I think he'll sign. It just depends. I think he'll sign too. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. They need to find ground. Minnesota needs him more than Kaprizov needs them. I agree. Absolutely, he was electric for them last year. Yeah. Talk, talk about a guy coming into a position and just grabbing it by the fucking ball. Man. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that dude, that dude did. <laughs> he was one of the most exciting players to watch. Last he probably year. was. He probably honestly, he probably was the most excited player to watch. Biggest surprise. Year. Biggest surprise, honestly. Well, yeah, if you talk yeah. about surprise, as in most exciting, yes, I agree. He's, he's yeah. the most exciting player last year. Yeah. Because you got guys like McDavid and Matthews that are all well, yeah, and, and, Mc, and yeah, McKinnon, yeah, yeah. And McKinnon. Play yeah, don't McKinnon. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. McDavid's unbelievable. Matthews unbelievable. But like that Canadian division was so like that. We, that's all I got in Canada was <laughs> mainly Canadian, and I was so fucking bad to watch, man. Like at the beginning of the year, all right, it's exciting, you know, high scoring games, a lot of offense, a lot of back and forth, and then like it just was terrible. Like Winnipeg was a dud. Like they they, they flip flopped. They were uh, really fun some nights, and then other nights they absolutely sucked. Yeah, like, and look, don't get me wrong, like, watching uh, McDavid and Matthews play against each other eight or nine times a year was was entertaining, but at the same time, it's like, all right, we get it, guys. Like, let's let's go see, like, I wish we could have somehow found a way to play at least a third of the other league, you know, one other third of the league or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, was- obviously you can't do it, like – yeah, the setup last year was there's no way of doing it enough time with all of like because there was no way to like judge whether the vaccine rollout would go through the NHL time wise. So that was right. the big thing holding it back. Yeah, but I'm glad we're back to you know the you know back to normal divisions and hopefully normal schedules and possible yeah. Olympics. Possible Olympics this year. It's sounding good. I think there's supposed to be a decision at the end of the week for the Olympics. Yeah, I heard, that's what I heard too. At the end of the week. Early next week at the latest, I heard yeah. from what we had from. Uh, but it sounds like it sounds writers. like it sounds like it's like eighty percent like positive. We're gonna they're gonna go. That's oh man, my, imagine imagine Team Canada and Team USA is the rosters, man. Like just with all the young talent. Obviously, that's very like narrow minded because we're you know both Canadian and American. Two Canadians on the pod, two Amer- three Americans on the pod here. <laughs> true yeah i want to be canadian i honestly yeah. like i honestly think like u.s might have a better team yeah not star power up front but like defensively right. big they i think defensively big time and goaltending big goaltending, time yeah I agree. yeah i don't like canada's goaltending yeah they have price who i mean if he's healthy if they, if they go if he's healthy and he's, he's playing their, like he's me their starter yeah, exactly. And then who and else? Then you have, like, and then you have Flower, Bennington, Hart, Hart, Flurry. Um, yeah, Flower actually might be your starter, actually. And you have like yeah, I think Hart. it'd be between him and Price, depending on Price's health. Yeah, and then you have Hart, Blackwood, Bennington, all competing for the third spot. And then what does yeah, you I, have? I, Hellebuck, uh, Gibson, Gibson, and Demko. Demko and Nadalkovich honestly might be able to compete for a spot. Oh yeah, that's right. Could be an extra. Yeah. I don't think he will, but I think it's great state it, of Ohio. Yeah, let's go. NA three alum, Alex Alkovich. Shout out. What a league. Yeah. So that, that makes us three alums. Me, you, yeah. me, Andy, and Alex Alkovich. We're, we're in a league of our own over there, boys. Hey, it's the league it's the league of opportunity. That's what they said. The ladder of development. NA three yeah, to the US development program to the OHL. To yeah. the American League, to the NHL, baby. Let's run for, for one for one of those three names. I'll let you take a pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of those players plays in the NHL. The other two run a a podcast nobody listens to right now. 
Yeah. That's right. Well, that's, I think that's going to wrap it up for our first episode. Um, unless you guys have something else to add. I just would like to shout out uh, Buffalo fan Kevin and Jay Fresh for starting our podcast. Let's go, boys. Yeah, thanks, They kind of uh, did. I, I can shit on Buffalo all I want, but I got a buddy that uh, – well, And just cut out. Yeah, he just cut out. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm assuming he's going to say a buddy of his, like, was a Buffalo fan, so we'll shout him out. I don't know, Andy's Andy's buddy. Shout yeah, out. Shout I'll out shout Andy's out. buddy, Buffalo fan. Car, uh, car, yeah, Buffalo fan 394. Uh, Carson Gates, shout out to Buffalo fans as well. But uh, that's, that's going to that's gonna wrap up the first episode of the, uh, the Production Line podcast. I just want to thank everyone for tuning into the first episode. It means a lot to us. And hopefully, you know, we can keep doing this and have some fun with it. I'm looking forward to the season coming.